Welcome to the discussion, a holistic, secure, and equitable approach to hybrid work, sponsored by Polly. Here's today's moderator, Tom Temin. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Chris Moss. He is the Chief Technology Officer at Polly. Chris, good to have you with us. Tom, thanks for having me. Really glad to be here. And we know to a pretty detailed degree what happened to the federal workforce in the pandemic. Now we're coming out of it to some degree, and this is all far from totally resolved yet. But what's your sense of how work may have shifted for good? You know, once some people go back, some people won't. What, do you, what, do you, what does it look like to you at this point uh, for the workforce? Yeah, Tom, it's, it's been an interesting uh, year and a half, obviously, and, you know, uh, a lot of that has to do with the shift in workforce to, to remote. You know, prior to the pandemic, we, we think the population was around 300 million users, uh, and we saw that spike to over a billion, right, including all the government organizations and agencies that had to uh, kind of flip the switch uh, back in February and March, right, had to get over the, the limited infrastructure, some of the complex processes around, you know, having remote workers, and, and of course, the significant security concerns that, you uh, you know, all of these uh, organizations have. That being said, the, the transition was made, right? And we've seen users being productive uh, through the last year uh, as they start to head back into the office. And we think that population uh, will level off somewhere around 600 million, almost doubling, if you will, to, uh, to pre-pandemic numbers. Uh, and we don't think it's going to be elastic, right? You know, some things uh, will be elastic, like per se travel, um, you know, where, you know, management may want to keep expenses down on travel, but users want to go back uh, to, to business travel and, and connecting. Um, but this remote work piece will stay in place. And so the future of work is definitely going to be a hybrid model. Absolutely. Sure. And uh, to some extent, the economics of all of this have changed too. the uh, idea of telework uh, agencies have really spent a lot of time trying to refine the technology for telework and therefore the economics have shifted for everybody. Yeah, I mean, the industry uh, and the economics around how organizations are making decisions around communications platforms have significantly changed, right? We, we saw all collaboration or communication platforms grow uh, early last year. Uh, you know, Microsoft with, with Skype uh, and Skype to Teams transitions, uh, Zoom became sort of a household name uh, and really had acceleration there. Uh, even a lot of on-premise platforms grew. It also has led many organizations to use more than one. Uh, I think in the past, people kind of settled on one platform. Now they're using more than one, uh, like 80% plus are using two or more, even you know, 20% are using five or more. So there's a lot of different needs uh, within the organizations. Uh, the other piece around um, you know, sort of economics is the use of video. Um, and so as we look to return back to the office, uh, adding video to many of their workspaces to make sure that they can connect back to these remote workforces. Uh, in fact, almost a third of customers that we talk to now are looking to put video in every workspace uh, inside their businesses, right? So a uh, very, very big uh, opportunity there uh, for users to stay productive. And then lastly, the, the last piece of our economics is, is real estate. People are relooking at their campuses and their offices. Um, some are looking for savings, obviously, but others are looking to redesign offices, right? To give users the ability to do something that they can't do from home when they go into the office uh, or building local community hubs to, to shorten commutes. So, you know, lots of changes uh, from a dynamics perspective uh, around the platforms. And getting back to that idea of video, 
uh, and everyone seems to be on video of some way or shape or form nowadays, but there are still pretty serious drawbacks to the way it operates, especially in a professional environment. What are some of the drawbacks that people need to think about as they institutionalize this idea of video in the office and not in the office? Sure, yeah. You know, I, I think in, in general, when we, we all started working remotely, uh, we, we saw a bump in productivity. Uh, you know, instead of spending hours commuting, right? In fact, you know, one of the biggest benefits of, of working remotely is uh, not having a commute. Um, and, you know, what we initially saw is just a massive demand uh, for desktop video uh, because knowledge workers found that it's how they stay connected and, and productive. And with that, they wanted, you know, really nice headsets. They wanted really nice video technology so they can look really awesome like broadcasters like yourself. Um, and, you know, so that was really the transition behind us. Um, but over time, right, people started to miss that face-to-face -face interaction, right, and be became less connected. Uh, and now they're, they, you know, for those exact reasons, the pendulum's kind of swung and people want the ability now to be able to go into the office uh, and reconnect socially with, with, with folks, right? So again, it's really a balance of providing that flexibility, uh, but also giving people the opportunity to reconnect back in, in, in office spaces and, and a physical environment. So it's really going to be a hybrid model moving forward. Right. And so therefore you have to have some level of equality between the experience of people that are in the office that are, you know, we've read a lot of, about this that might have some kind of an advantage in access to the boss or in being seen for being productive and great versus those that are only tuning in in this manner, you know, video remote all the time. And so is there a technological way, do you think, to maybe close that gap so that remote people aren't out there in the cold, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, that is a, that is a massive theme uh, within organizations right now, right? How do, how do we make it equitable for users for whatever reasons, whether it's health uh, or just their work status, that they're going to be remote while others, right, may be coming in uh, for a team meeting. So how do we create that equality? And, and quite honestly, people are looking for technology to help in creating that, that equivalence. Um, and so here at Poly, uh, we're committed to providing the best experience. Uh, you know, Poly uh, sits in a pretty unique spot as far as you know these virtual platforms, right? With software and uh, meetings and, and calling solutions, our devices are really where the physical components come back in, right? Where the audio and video finally come back in. So we we put a lot of AI and machine learning uh, around our audio and video elements, right? To make sure that we keep noise out of the meeting, right? So that we don't distract. Uh, people who are remote. We also use a lot of AI techniques to frame users uh, within group settings, right, to make sure that people can participate as, as well as possible, um, even when they're remote. Yeah, and let's back up for just a moment. This idea of the equitable, holistic, secure approach to remote work, maybe just we should probably define that a little bit more carefully so people understand that, and then we'll get a little bit more into the technology. Yeah, the overall uh, strategy here is, is a hybrid strategy. Um, and in a way, in the good old days, I mean, 14 months ago, uh, things were easier uh, for work and campus. And, and, and most of it happened on a campus, right? It was very disciplined around an office space um, and, you know, being able to keep things very secure and, and tight. But now, right, we, we see the need for, you know, remote work uh, to really make us disruption proof 
move from this next normal. Uh, and that's where these hybrid work strategies come in. And so in the past, right, in the good old days, HR, IT, and, and real estate were somewhat loosely coupled, um, but now are much more intertwined, right? Because a user living in these hybrid worlds uh, has the ability to work from home or they can go in the office. And it's not just sort of part-time, right? It's, it's, it's truly a hybrid model uh, that gives them this flexibility. Uh, so here at Poly, one of the ways that we help organizations move through that is we start with the actual user. Uh, and so in our, in our past, as uh, Plantronics and Polycom came together to form uh, Poly, uh, Plantronics had done a lot of research on personas and how people actually work and how we track people through their daily lives and what the pain points are and what their preferences are. Uh, and we pull that into a set of persona research. And we just recommissioned that uh, right before the, the pandemic. So it's, it's very valuable data. We've also extended it now to how people like to work in spaces, right? Where, where they like to spend their time. And so that really helps us define that hybrid model for the users, right? So that, that equality model that you're talking about is really to sit on top of this hybrid strategy of people working in the office and, and quite honestly, people working from, from anywhere. Uh, and so the need for you know, better technology, better devices, uh, and the need for analytics and management have also gone uh, you know, to the front of the line from a priorities perspective. In many ways, it sounds like the best approach then, based on the research you're repeating and are about to do again, is a human-centered design or user experience standpoint as opposed, as opposed to people adjusting themselves to whatever technology base is in place. Fair. That's right. I mean, look, collaboration at the end of the day, there's only really one ruler uh, and it's experience uh, and it is user-based, right? So starting with the user uh, is definitely the right place for these strategies. All right. And um, you mentioned analytics too, as kind of a management console to, uh, to look at this. Are there metrics that management can, can look at to understand whether they are providing the type of workplace and work equity and holistic experience that we've been discussing? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest pain points, uh, especially, uh, you know, early last year was managing these remote populations. Uh, again, we had that flip the switch moment. All these users were now outside of the office, right? So we had to, you know, build the services to connect back to those folks. Um, but training and adoption, right? So we, we gave them technology. We gave them access. Are, are they using it? Uh, are they on the latest version of firmware, making sure that they're secure? Um, if they're not using it, um, then what adoption and training programs can we enlist them in to, uh, to get them productive, right? So on the personal side of things, uh, very invaluable. Now, as we see more and more organizations returning to the office, um, you know, space becomes, you know, an investment, right? What am I doing to remediate um, against the sort of COVID, you know, the new world, right? How do I create touchless experiences when I, when I walk into meetings? How do I count the number of people in spaces? Uh, how do I know when a space was used so that I can send the maintenance crew in uh, to clean the place up, right? So, um, you know, insights, analytics, uh, workplace analytics, all these things are going to be much more measured and much more of a, a key performance indicator, right, for businesses moving forward. My guest today is Chris Moss, the Chief Technology Officer at Poly. I'm Tom Temin. This discussion is a holistic, secure, and equitable approach to remote work sponsored by Poly here on Federal News Network. 
No matter how the world continues to change, one thing stays the same, our universal need for connection. That's why Poly, the global communication leader, makes it easy for federal government employees to connect and collaborate without barriers or even background noise. Poly makes communication tools that gives you the same impact from your kitchen table as from your office desk. And with seamless access to meeting services like Microsoft Teams and Zoom, you'll be ready for the next change and for the ones after that. For more information, visit poly.com slash federal. Welcome back to our discussion, a holistic, secure, and equitable approach to remote work sponsored by Poly here on Federal News Network. My guest today is Chris Moss, the Chief Technology Officer at Poly. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. And Chris, before the break, we were talking a little bit about some of the technologies specifically that can really help the user experience technologies that adopt to people in remote work situations, maybe alone, maybe also in conference rooms with other people. And that remote experience, I think, needs to come a long way for uh, most organizations based on what they have installed now. So let's talk about some of those some of those uh, elements that, that Polly brings to the table here uh, with respect to just good audio and video that lessens fatigue. Yeah, sure. Like I, I, you know, I think we mentioned in the previous segment, uh, we put a lot of AI and machine learning into our devices. And one of the examples um, that's very popular with with users right now is something we call an acoustic fence, which puts a, an acoustic barrier around the user. So, so many of us uh, have pets at home. Uh, I have a black lab. Her name is Josie, uh, and she tends to bark a lot. Um, but with that acoustic fence around me. I am much less anxious, right, during the day of, of distracting the meeting um, by having my dog bark, right, because it's really it's really blocked. And inside of that acoustic fence, I may even generate more nuisance noise uh, for the for the meeting, right, if, if we don't watch it, right. And so we have another layer uh, that we call noise block that stops nuisance noise, like you know, hang, banging on a keyboard and, and those types of things. The other the other benefit of that acoustic uh, technology is I don't have to put myself on mute as often, uh, which means I for I don't forget to take myself off mute and look senile all day long um, when people say, hey, you're on mute. Uh, so, you know, simple things like that really make a difference when it's something you're doing all day, every day. Uh, and so very important to the user. Just out of curiosity, how does, how does the acoustic fence work? Does it, is it based on triangulating the direction from which sound is coming and it knows it's not the primary speaker? Yeah, so it's a combination of where we place the microphones uh, within our devices, as well as the sort of physical field of view, if you will, uh, of the sound. Um, and then, you know, the AI and the machine learning software that triangulates that to make sure that we're only capturing noise within sort of this, this bubble of the user and where the user is focused. Interesting. And what about the video quality? Because that can be a problem, you know, in group meetings, there can be distractions, fans spinning or people that are backlit and so forth. And most of the systems you see, especially desktop or laptop uh, computer cameras, are just don't have the wherewithal to counteract those effects. Yeah, Tom, you know, this This has uh, been a, a big part of what we've been helping users with over, over the past year, right? You're right. Like, I don't know why laptops uh, cameras are not great. Maybe it's because laptop screens are so thin. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, having uh, the ability to look professional and, and be confident in the way you look um, is super important to users. Again, when you're doing something all day long, right? So having that, that professional grade and, and quality uh, makes a big difference. Making sure that the, the camera, you know, can track you. 
if, if you do get away from your desk and, and say you're at a, um, in a training moment, right? You want to be at a whiteboard, right? Having the, the AI uh, software ability to track the individual user. And the other dynamic that we saw during the pandemic, uh, again, goes back to this desktop video, right? That's how knowledge workers really wanted to connect and stay productive. And they like these smart galleries where they can see everyone very clearly on an individual level. Now, as we're returning back to office and you get inside of a conference room where people are sitting, right? Well, we can group frame around the users in a room so we don't waste space, or we can track the active speaker. Um, but people are really excited about this, this gallery view. Uh, and so the ability now for cameras and rooms to track individual faces um, and working with our platform partners, you know, present those individual faces that might be sitting in a, in a group setting back to the foreign users as individuals again, so that they can, just like the people in the meeting room, see everyone individually and really connect and understand how those people are reacting to what they might be saying or what they're sharing. And that really gets to the idea of that equitable situation, because if the people yes. at home are not in that room and all they see is the gallery view, then the people that are together, perhaps in multiple bodies in a room that's remote, they too are part of the gallery and not one pane with six people tiny. In exactly. It. Exactly right. That's correct. And that's a choice for the users, right? So they can, they could have it in group view, but if they prefer this gallery approach, then, you know, again, uh, that's an option for those remote users. And we should discuss something that I've heard come up a lot too, and that is the idea of cybersecurity has to be part of these devices because they are online devices. They're internet of things, technologies, I guess, in some sense that, and also by American figures into acquisition, especially large quantities of these. Does Polly address those two topics? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we cover the, the gambit, right. Of, of all the security, um, testing and, and certifications that are required by federal and government agencies, including where these things are developed and manufactured. Obviously, that's a, a big sign of the times today with, with chip shortages and things like that. So I mean, it's a big investment on our part uh, to make sure that we have the right um, models in place uh, for our federal agencies. Um, you know, we have different models that don't have radios, you know, go you know, way beyond um, the requirements that are needed to uh, participate in these types of environments, for sure. And what we also discussed earlier, a third element in this, that is people are home, that's one element. People are in their office, that's another element. Then there is the idea of the shared remote workplace. And this is something the government experimented with government situation, government-owned facilities a number of years ago, never really took off very well. Today, people are buying in in mass quantities to the idea of remote work locations that are neither the headquarters nor the home. And what are the implications for equipping those places so that people have this, again, holistic type of experience that matches everybody else? Sure. Yeah, I, I think, you know, anytime you have this type of disruption, right, and, and the pandemic, you know, was definitely that, but it, it gives you an opportunity to really think differently and innovate um, and sort of innovate your way through that. And so that, you know, you're not doing the exact same thing coming out the other side. And, and with the population shift away from, from campus to remote, uh, obviously, real estate is an expensive asset. Uh, and so how we refactor that uh, post-pandemic, uh, there's a lot of opportunities, right? So again, people are looking to redesign offices. I, if I'm a user and I work from home, um, when I do go into the office, I want to be able to do something different. Uh, I want to be able to collaborate with users that are there in a different way, right? So maybe I, I build out larger meeting spaces that have more of an agile setup um, for teams to come in and do you know, um, 
sort of an on-site innovation session. Uh, but again, creating that opportunity for people to participate um, remotely there. The other concept is to retain talent and employees. And many employees, again, as we mentioned earlier, the lack of a commute is, is a huge upside. Uh, and so as they're coming, uh, or you know, some uh, businesses and organizations want users to come back in, maybe they build more local community hubs uh, to try to defeat that commute. Um, we've seen obviously the shared spaces um, and, and how those can work for individual meetings uh, and individual work. Uh, if you do have a specific um, you know, meeting or opportunity where you don't wanna be at home, um, maybe where you're distracted by, by others in the house. I mean, that never happened. Um, and then of course, people need uh, better tech in general, uh, better devices, uh, no matter where you are. Um, whether you're back in the office, um, connecting back to remote users or you're at home uh, or in these, these shared spaces, right? Um, we work with a lot of those uh, commercial providers of shared spaces uh, to enable their tech uh, to make sure that they have the latest and greatest. And we talked about one aspect of the economics in the first segment, but I wanted to ask you about it in another way, basically, and that is pricing on all of these things. When remote video conference room technologies first emerged, they were really expensive and you know, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars, almost like a television studio type of level of investment required. How has the economics on that aspect changed in recent years to get that kind of high-end quality experience without buying a television studio? Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's been one of our big vo focuses here at Poly is to make sure that we provide the right value. Uh, and we do that a couple of different ways is, you know, one, Poly is really a bring your own cloud provider, right? Or bring your own platform provider, meaning we work with all of the leading communications platforms out there. So, you know, if I start with one platform on day one, uh, and I'm using a poly video device to access that platform, if I then shift platforms or use more than one, that device can work with all of them, right? So I don't have to rebuy, I'm not hardware locked in. The other thing is, is um, we've been focused on providing more video within organizations, right? So we've, we've significantly lowered the average price of these devices, uh, both on the group side, as well as on our, on our new personal systems uh, to make sure that uh, we can get video everywhere. Cause right, that's really what's defeating um, this, you know, uh, lack of our ability to get together physically. So big focus there for us, for sure. Yeah, and there's a third element of the technology. We've talked about the video, we talked about the microphone and the acoustic fencing. Anything we can do about the tinny speakers that are in most computers and in most laptops and certainly yeah, a smartphone. Yeah. yeah, this is uh, something that, um, again, was a, a huge pain point, especially when the pandemic started and we're continuing to see it, right? The, the shift was to desktop video. People, people were, you know, at home, you know, staying productive, staying safe. Um, but really, the, the thing they used the most was headsets. Uh, and headsets really became that control point. Uh, for this work from home um, sort of mode, if you will, uh, really aligned well with how users wanted to use their desktop to do both, both voice and video. And these headsets have amazing noise cancellation capabilities. And that some of them have these acoustic fences that I described. Some of them run this uh, AI NML noise block uh, sets of technologies, right? And here at Poly, uh, I've been here about a year and a half. Um, and headsets are probably the one area I've learned the most about. We've got... Uh, Ones with two ears, one ear, with booms, without booms, Bluetooth, DAC, wired, unwired. I mean, the 
vast portfolio of headsets and the use cases that uh, our our users need uh, in their daily work lives are, are, are very vast. Uh, and that portfolio is very strong to meet those needs. All right, lots to think about. I want to thank today's guest is Chris Moss, the Chief Technology Officer at Poly. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. I'm Tom Temin. You're listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, please visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Poly. Thank you for listening to the discussion, A Holistic, Secure, and Equitable Approach to Hybrid Work, sponsored by Poly on Federal News Network.